Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. I'm going to sing like you. Oh, you sing. <laughs> you sing your hello. We are back. I'm going to sing like you. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't know, but Will, the way I met Will was oh, in a Lord. choir. A choir. Yeah. So you don't, you're not in choir if you can't sing. Uh, so yeah, he, he sings too. He just, I just don't put him on the spot and I don't, I don't. I and know you're definitely you not are. in that choir if you don't <laughs> sing well. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. That's a, it's a, it's a very intense audition process. And it's a yes. very back at Howard HGC Howard Gospel yeah. Choir. So, yep. shout out to Howard. But um, so anyway, yes, Will sings. So don't front like you can't uh, sing. He knows Lord. how to sing. Anyway, well, wait, are you a bass? You're a bass, yes, right? Yes. Barrett, yeah. yeah. See, I remember your section and everything. Not, not anyway. even. Yeah, not even baritone. Bass. <laughs> <laughs> bass. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, what's ha- we have a we have another goodie, but. But before yes, we, we introduce do. our guest, you said you told me you have a really good music tip today. So yeah, I'm yeah, ready. I was actually um, combing the internet, watching some videos, and I came across um, a guy who was talking about his uh, his licensing revenue, and mm. he started, um, you know, just talking in general. And he said, you know, I pulled up my TuneSat stats, and I was like, TuneSat, what's that? And so <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. And um, this thing is awesome. It's uh, it's basically your checks and balances on your performing rights organization. Um, You upload your songs. You get 50 free songs to um, to monitor. And uh, of course, you got to have paid version uh, monthly, whatever, Mm -hmm. but 50 free. And then you can check the uh, the plays of all of those songs across all Mm. platforms. Oh, really? Yes. Across so all you're platforms. making sure that it's right. So if it's saying, yeah, it's it should be you should be generating some yep. revenue and royalty, but you're not seeing that from your organizations mm-hmm. or whatever. They give you a data on. sheet that you can use, you know, send over to your PROs. They look, we've been played on this mm-hmm. and this and, you know, we, we haven't been paid on this and this. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Uh, yeah, it's very, you know, yep, that, 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 app, is a good one. that Shazam app that mm-hmm. sort of recognizes songs that you hear in a coffee shop and all of that. That's that same mm-hmm. technology. They track it across TV, radio, Internet. They It's like everywhere. So awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's how music, you know, every song has a fingerprint, basically. And, mm-hmm. and so um, in the digital world, and that's how every agency or whatever from your sound exchange to, you know, any of them, that's how they should be picking up. Yeah, so it's so, tunesat.com, yeah. and um, there, there are a bunch of press releases about it. Uh, I think Billboard talked about it, Rolling Stone, um, yeah, a bunch of other mm-hmm. folks that have mentioned it, so check right. it out. Check it out. That was a goodie. That was good. Uh, you were you were I right. Tried. That was good. You try, because <laughs> I don't contribute at all to that. So anyway, all right, well, we're, you know, we keep bringing some really phenomenal women we we got to get the men actually i think our next next week i think we have a man we finally gonna bring a a dude up in the space but but 
that's not today. Today we are continuing bringing some really phenomenal women. And, and this particular guest, um, I always let our guests, you know, tell their whole story and so forth. But um, I met this guest. It's funny. I kind of knew who I, I knew who she was for years because she's kind of got some prominent position in the industry. But mm -hmm. I never I didn't get a chance to really meet her in person and start having conversations with her until fall of last year, 2018. And, you know, it's just always really um, I'm always really honored when I can meet people who have been in the music industry for a long time. And so they are able to have so much perspective. And so when I meet someone who's been in the industry for a while and then they're still able to um, celebrate newer artists and people still doing current things, that's just really fantastic. And, and not being so beholden to their experience, but really trying to move forward. And I think that this guest, she does, she does a lot and she's doing a lot to continue to promote um, artists, um, whether they be independent or mainstream or what have you. Um, and so she, she does a lot. She's currently the, the founder of NABFEM, which I'm really excited to now be a part of as Chicago's network director. And she'll tell you what NABFEM is about. I know you're like, NABFEM? What's that? <laughs> that's, a, that's an acronym. <laughs> and I'll let her tell that. But she also has her, I, I, I would say probably maybe what some may say as the pinnacle or the thing that, you know, really was like, whoa, she did what? Um, she was senior vice president at Def Jam. So, you know, that's that's huge. And so no more. I'm not going to say any more about her. I'm going to let her explain herself. Welcome, Johnny Walker. Hi, Johnny. Hi there. Hi. Hey. Good. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to that introduction. I want to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I want it. I want people to be excited about themselves. <laughs> yes, it's important. But yeah, thank you for coming on. And, you know, like I said, you are one of uh, you. We, we've been just bringing some dynamic um, women to this podcast to share their experiences. And so if you could just let um, our listener, you know, know who you are, what, what you're kind of currently got your hands in today. And then, you know, more of your professional background that kind of got you where you okay. are. Well, I'll just give you a long story short, my background. I always like to say that my career is everything from Dolly Parton to Jay-Z. Mm. I got, I kind of got started in uh, country music. I was a radio announcer and that sagged into black radio where I was an announcer. I was promotions director. I was music director and got that coveted position. I was program director for uh, about two years. Well, radio kind of led me to my career at Def Jam, where I spent 15 years. Um, um, eight of those years were in senior management, uh, where I was senior vice president. And uh, I also spent uh, four years as head of black music at DreamWorks Records. And uh, mm. that was uh, pretty exciting, but uh, left DreamWorks and was appointed by the mayor of Memphis as the city's music commissioner. And I headed up uh, the Memphis Music Commission. And inside of all of that, um, I created, as you said, I created NABFEM, which is the National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment. Um, it's a nonprofit networking, empowerment, and resource base for women 
in the business of music and entertainment. And we're always happy to say we have 20 networks across the U.S., Canada, and Africa. And as a part of NAPFIM, we also develop Women Who Jam, which uh, creates an opportunity for us to expose women who are making music and at the same time provide uh, live performance or showcase opportunities for them to really develop that interaction with the audience because you know you can make that record in the studio and get on stage and freeze so <laughs> yep. Yep, <laughs> so, yep. and so we kind of like always tell our artists you know if you go make a mistake make it with us so you make that <laughs> mistake with us so that when you go into these other venues you know you're a little stronger the development is greater and uh things uh you know possibly a little bit better for you so that's kind of uh my background long story short and what i'm doing right now Wow. Yes. Now, and she, you did an awesome job making that very succinct, but yet like dynamic. Cause it's like, you did right. what? You did what? Right. You dropped some, <laughs> some kind of nuggets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. I was, I was listening there and I was uh, just, just wondering um, about some of the, the early stuff that you did in terms of the, the radio and um, what, I guess, how, how did you get started doing radio? Cause I think a lot of people just don't know how that process happens. Well, my process was old school. I just knocked on the door until he probably got tired of me knocking. (laughs) (laughs) I I was very passionate about it. I really wanted to do it. I felt very strongly that I could do it. Uh, But they were very good at telling me, no, I couldn't do it. And one thing that I live by today, my father would always tell me, he said, no, simply, he's every time they tell you no, you just flip it. It's on. So you go Mm. back. If they told you no, go back. It's, mm-hmm. No, it's on. So mm-hmm. I I um, got my first job in radio simply because I believe the general manager was tired of me bugging him <laughs> because when I went that day, he says, well, what is different on this tape than all the rest of them that you brought? And I was like, this is the one. If you listen to this one, you're going to instantly put me on the air, which, of course, he didn't. But <laughs> but he did hire me. So right, I was on right. the inside. <laughs> I at least had a better chance because I was on the inside. But that's, I I just think persistence, believing Mm -hmm. in yourself and just never, never, never getting up and never let them tell you no. Because if they tell you no, take that N-O and flip it. It's on because I'm coming back. And that's how I got in. Mm. Uh, Wear them down. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I'm so glad you said you went old school because, um, I mean, my thoughts are that's not that's that's just smart you know what i mean like i don't i think that people need to understand it's not old school and i i I, with technology it has made us so lazy while also yes you know we're we're kind of furthering ourselves but kind of also becoming kind of complacent on Mm -hmm. some level um and i i love that you said you know you were knocking on doors because you know that doesn't today you still need to be knocking on people's doors you know what i mean absolutely yeah i think I think probably the most important thing for anyone to understand is uh, nobody owes you anything. I don't Mm -hmm. care about your talent. Your talent means nothing to me. It's not Mm going to solve any of my problems. So therefore it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. So it's up to you to make it matter. So you may have to knock on those doors more times than you really want to, but if you really want it, you got to really want it. So if you want it, you're going to go back and knock on that door, regardless of what they said again and again, if you have to. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. They'll give that's, you a job just because they're tired of you. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. That happens. I'm a witness. <laughs> and even if it's not like a job per se, but those re- that relationship building and, you know, that, that networking, you know, same kind of idea. You have to be persistent with that. You don't, you know, relationships don't happen overnight. So... I think that's good. I so so you kind of dropped the nugget of going from, you know, you were the the person knocking on the door to, you know, becoming the program director and then from there, you know, to the label and so so when you've made these shifts for for you, what were the triggers that said it's time to shift or did that just, oh, I'm just here. Like did is there something that has triggered you because you've done some pretty monumental, you know, career, you know, spaces in the music industry is what has allowed those shifts for you? Well, I I think the biggest thing was my desire uh, and my desire to grow. Uh, I was so happy when I I got the the gig at the country radio station and even happier when one day he allowed me to go on air, but that I still had that, that desire to play black music. I wanted, you know, I would go to him every day and ask him to, to allow me just an hour. I mean, come on, man, what's an hour? Can't hurt anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but he, it was relentless in saying, no, no, listen, you bugged me to death to get in here. Now you're in here. Now you want to change the format. Um, but, <laughs> but the funny thing is I kept going, I kept going. And he actually gave me two hours on uh, the station. I was coming on at, 10 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock, the last two hours, because the station signed off at midnight. So those last two hours, he allowed me to play black music. And the thing that was pivotal in my career is when he came in one day and said, oh, I think we need to move this down to eight o'clock. So <laughs> then we went we went from eight o'clock. And, well, I think we need to move this down to six o'clock. Oh, so wow. there I was on the country music uh, radio station playing black music from <laughs> six in the evening to midnight. <laughs> so, wow. I was like, okay. And I had this desire now that I wanted to work at a black formatted station. I wanted to be, because yeah, the, the thing that bugged me a lot of times when I would try to call record companies and get music, I think they laughed at me. Like, this is a country radio station and you're asking me for my new Stephanie Mills. Get out of mm-hmm. here. So <laughs> it, it, yeah. it just, it was hard. So I felt that if I was at a more R&B formatted station that, you know, it might be different. I found out that was difficult too, but mm. uh, I did leave the country station and, and it was because I wanted to be at a R&B formatted station. And just for me being there, what was a pivotal change for me there was when we would be in those meetings and um, they would always, our target demographic was females 18 to 34. And they would always say, every time I would ask a question, we always say, well, you know, women don't program. Mm. I was like, huh? Mm. What do you mean women don't program? And he looked at me, he said, well, tell me a a female programmer that you know. And unfortunately for me, he was right. I didn't know one. And I Mm. couldn't tell him a female program director. So I made it up in my mind that day that I was going to program the radio station. Of course, they laughed at me, said, you know, it'll never happen because women don't program. Mm. But of course it did. Because uh, I, I, I just never took that off the wall. It was always yeah. on the wall. I am going yeah. to be program director. I looked at it every day. And so it was like everything that I did was about me one day programming this radio station. And I did it for two years. I took it station from number 12 to number two. I was mm. very excited about wow. that. Um it's just that life 
like you just got to be ready. Like Oprah said, if you if you if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. it was a chance. Yeah, I had a chance meeting with Russell Simmons. I obviously had heard of him. I didn't really know him that, uh, but I had heard of him. And and my radio station was not playing rap at the time. And so they were in this whole thing of convincing me that I was supposed to be playing this music because he black and I'm black and the station black and we <laughs> supposed to be playing this song. And I'm like, really? And I had a, a, a really uh, good argument as to why I was not playing the music and why the music didn't work for me. And so that really got me the job because they called me. This was at a music conference and that weekend, well, that Monday, they called me and offered me a job. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) We want you to come and work for Def Jam. I was like, doing what? (laughs) And their thing was, we want you to talk about our company and our artists the same way you talked about that radio station Mm. and the same way you stood up for your format. He's like, "If if I could get somebody to do that for me at Def Jam, that's what I need. I was like, man, you have got to be kidding me. But that, that's kind of like, and there's, you know, obviously some other things uh, transpired within that, but they made it really easy for me to say yes. And yeah. so I left radio and went into the record industry. And one other thing was when I, I said, well, before I do this, you know, I really don't know that much about the record industry. My background, you know, is radio. And he, Mr. Simmons said, whatever you need to know, I'll teach you. Just come on. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. There I was at Def Jam. And I went from being the local rep to um, co-national to actually assuming the entire national position from um, him calling me saying, okay, we're about to take the company to another level. We're going to have clothing. We're going to be doing movies. Uh, it's a lot of things that we're getting ready to do. And I need you in New York. And I was like, but I'm comfortable here in Memphis. No, I need you in New York. So again, they made it easy for me to say yes. And mm-hmm. so I uh, went to New York and like I was there, uh, I was there for 15 years. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's a journey. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was definitely a journey. <laughs> It, but it sounded like a real fun and, you know, fulfilling journey. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was sitting there just, just thinking, you know, just picturing actually that that whole that whole time period and what you were going through and the conversations. <laughs> and, I, and I would just, I guess, want to want to know what was um, I guess what what were you doing on a day to day? So the so sort of the mundane side and then in contrast to that. You know, what were some of the uh, the more amazing highlights that you can think of? Well, well, first of all, there were never any mundane days. Okay, well, then, yeah. <laughs> Def, at Def Jam was not like your typical record company because, you know, you're working at a record company and you're dealing with the artists and, you know, the marketing of the artists, promotion, all of that. But Def Jam, today we're dealing with LL Cool J. Tomorrow we're sitting down talking about getting the right model for fat form clothing, the t-shirts, mm. the jackets, the that. So, and, and you think you've accomplished something when you get that going on. And then the next meeting is, Hey, we're going to do comedy. Comedy. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we got to get wow. these guys over here. Yeah. We're going to do this comedy show. And so you step into that arena. And so now you bounce back over here to the records because that's my priority. I got to make sure the artists are in place. I got to make mm. sure that, 
The albums are where they're supposed to be. So everything, and then you get the phone call, oh, we're getting ready to do a movie. Oh, oh really? Gosh. <laughs> oh, my so, God. There were a few mundane, uh, I would say. It was just, I think what I liked about those years at Def Jam, it was never, I mean, it was never a dull moment. You, uh, um, The funny part that I used to always say is we had that look of we all, you know, like the jeans and the jacket. That was it. We were right. doing some of the most prestigious events. They knew the Def Jam people. They looked they only got blue jeans on. <laughs> it's t-shirt. Right. Right. But it was it was it was really cool, and you like I said, it, 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 it you didn't have a your title really meant nothing. I mean, I was senior vice president, dealing with promotion and marketing uh, of the music, the artists, and that, that really didn't mean anything. Yeah, and I was about if to I say needed that, to yeah. be, yeah, if I had to be on the set of Def Comedy Jam, I was on the set at Def Comedy Jam. Mm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it just it, it, you had a title. That's who you were. That's maybe how you were defined within the company structure, but mm-hmm. it really didn't mean anything. If I was out with the street team, I was out with the street team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, it, if it, we had um, uh, video games, so if we got to get the video games, we got to get with Sony, ATC, and make sure that the platforms are compatible and everything that we're doing in that arena, I'm over there doing that. It it, it just, it was whatever was on the schedule for that day. That that was my title. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Wow. That, yeah. And see, I don't know if people really connect the dots. The Def Jam, it was, you know, Def Jam group. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like just, like you just said. I mean, you know, it, it really forced you to have to use every bit of you mm-hmm. <laughs> and your skill, yep. you know, oh, at yeah. all levels. So, so what, what made then that shift from, you know, and, and without maybe never, you know, getting too technical, was it mm-hmm. more just the company shifted and, you know, you left or what, what from there? Cause from there is when you went to Memphis, right back to Memphis and, you know, shifted gears again. Oh, no, no, no. You went to DreamWorks. Yeah. You went to DreamWorks after that. Okay. Is, was it just a, uh, you know, again, I'm, it's time to just do something else different or was there something else to that? Well, there obviously the, the company was changing. Uh, Russell was becoming more of Mr. Philanthropist, yeah. <laughs> and there were, things were changing within the company. And usually, when there's a change of guard, uh, you don't wait until they come in and say, "Oh, well, we're going to do this. Right. We need you to do that." <laughs> right. uh, you right. got to be smart enough to see, uh, notice, you know, the trends in the company and see what's going on. So, you know, I've always I always had a side eye over there. And yeah. I've always wanted to be the head cheese. I've always, I mean, I, I felt like I was head cheese, so to, much, uh, uh, so to speak, at Def Jam. But obviously there were people in the um, uh, corporate structure that were higher up than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I always wanted that spot. And so when the opportunity to be head of Black music for DreamWorks, uh, that was extremely appealing to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was yeah. like okay, I can do this. I can be in charge. And so that was, I, I, it was just something that was just very strong for me to, to add that. That was another notch on my belt, so to speak. And, um, it's unfortunate that, you know, during that period, uh, Mr. Spielberg decided to sell the company. Um, so a lot of the things that we had in place, I mean, we first signed Trey songs. We had Trey songs first. Um, mm-hmm. we signed Floretry. We had the, a great mm-hmm. album with Burt Bacharach and, and Ron Isley. Uh, we had some great, uh, 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 plans and we, I had signed Sleepy Brown 
from um, um, Outkast. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he was that did all of the R and B, all those the, the, the R and B parts of yeah. their rap songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had a lot of plans, uh, but sometimes, as my dad used to say, the best plans get laid to rest. <laughs> so yeah. when yeah. he sold the company, I came back to New York. Because at this time, I was living in L.A. And I uh, went back to New York and golly, I didn't get a chance to really enjoy my rest uh, <laughs> until when, the, when uh, the mayor, you know, made an offer. And, you know, I came down and it was like, I said, you know, it's been like some 20 years. I've been bouncing all over, com- all over the country, doing this, doing that, boom, boom, boom. boom. Mm-hmm. Ah, Memphis offers me a quieter lifestyle and yeah. I can slow things down a bit. Yeah. And so it's very appealing. Yeah. And so I came to Memphis and hit it up the music commission. Love it. Mm. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, well I got some yeah. more questions. I, go, I, I was go, like, go, no, go, I was go, like, I don't want to take over. Go, well, I go was ahead. just going to say, I think hearing you explain your journey, the thing that to me really stands out is, you know, the, obviously the persistence and resilience, mm-hmm. but also just this very clear awareness of what it is you, of, 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 of overall what you're wanting. And, and kind of, you know, what you're needing. And I, I think, you know, we have artists who are developing listening to this podcast. And, and a lot of times when I'm talking to artists or talking to people trying to get, you know, into the industry, you know, I'm like, well, you know, who are you and what are you wanting? And it's like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure. And I don't, you know, which kind of keeps you or I think I want this or maybe this is that. But then again, I don't know. And I think, you know, developing a sense of it's, it's hard to be persistent when you don't know what you're being persistent about, or when you don't have a clear kind of, you know, goal in mind that that is in alignment with your actual desires and, right. and skills. You know, if you, if you have a goal, but it's really not in alignment with who you are, it, that also forces this very weird thing. You might be getting something, but then it doesn't stick because it wasn't really ever a part. It wasn't in alignment. So, you know, I think it's great to, to, you know, that stands out. That's like, okay, this is, this is where I am at and this is where I'm thinking I'm needing. So then when that opportunity, like you said, you're ready because that, that wasn't so far fetched from from where you are but so then though i've got to bring in nabfim where did that come from and how did that kind of make you like because because obviously that's something that i know that you you know we are trying to it was it was extremely or has been extremely successful and now it's being re-energized and about to celebrate 20 years and all of this so how did that little nugget in all the midst of all of this <laughs> kind of like get little get popped in your head as well? Well, I've, I've um, always was looking for ways um, to give back, number one. But more importantly, I was a, a very frustrated woman in an industry that didn't have a lot of people that look like me. Mm-hmm. And I have frustration of going to so many music conferences and so many this and it, 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 I mean I had a nice position it was cool I was doing well um but it's like I just felt like we had no voice it was like mm. it was like okay me going on tour is not the same as the guys going on tour <laughs> mm-hmm. me de- me dealing with these issues is not the same you know I got things I have to do with my family that you guys don't even think about. It's it, it just even that. And then, yeah. you know, they didn't have mentors. It's nobody sharing with me or talking to me about how to handle myself 
you know, in this game when all kinds of things are being thrown at you, you know, you're, you're, you, you gotta be strong when it's like, do this and you can get that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And if it's no one there to say, well, how do I handle it? Because I really want that position or I really want to do this. But if I do that, I gotta do this. Uh, I gotta be involved in this. And I just felt that those of us that have walked the walk, instead of uh, let, 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 while we walking and walk and talking and talk, let's let's make it real. Let's be about it, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I came up with the structure for the organization, but I kept saying to myself, I can't be the only one. I can't. It's got to be <laughs> other people out there that's feeling the same way that I feel. So I called a couple of my colleagues and I explained to them my frustrations. I explained to them the things that sometimes that just literally made me angry. And they was like, yeah, girl, me too. (laughs) That happened to me or this happened to me. And so I said, well, listen, look at what I have here. Could we work together and put this out there? Could, could, Could we actually have a group of dealing with our issues of being black women in this industry of being black women are trying to climb this ladder of trying to find our space and have our voice and let's go find resources for ourselves. Not, not, we're not waiting on anybody to give us anything. We're just going to do it ourselves. It may not be the super duper fly thing that, mm. that everybody see in this industry, but it'll be impactful and it'll be our voice. And so there were five women that I went to, they were all like um, executives at you know various record labels, and we sat down and we talked and we created our plan, and we executed and we introduced the organization to the industry in 2000. Mm-hmm. And you know, amid all the challenges and the ups and the downs and all of that, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, that's Amazing. really yeah. No, and and I you know I've attended prior to becoming. I had heard about NAPFIM through my vocal coach, who we had a guest, who, as a guest, Lindia Johnson, and, you know, saw, you know, definitely was hearing and understanding a very positive, you know, opportunity there. And then so I was able to go to the conference. And the, the immediate thing that I sensed being around the group of women was just so much like we care. And, you know, we we're here. No one's here to showboat or any of that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to be honest with my experience and the honesty, the transparency was what honest was what was so, um, I don't know, for me, compelling. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to have a group of people together who maybe are on the same cause. But if we're not really being transparent and kind of really sharing what the really deal deal deal, you know, and how we're right, really feeling right. about things. Then it's kind of this, you know, it's just yet another kind of organization to be in. And, you know, I think I know for myself, the older I get and you talk about family, I don't have time to just be somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's some, you know, we've (laughs) got to be able to, to get real here so that we can actually really grab, you know, some, some real things. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, and I'm at the end here in a moment, we'll let you kind of give more ways that people can get involved if they, um, you know, are interested in learning more about NABFEM and, you know, you've got chapter or networks. I keep wanting to say chapter. Yes. Can you know networks? Cause we're networks. networking, we're connecting, networks. we're connecting. Yes. <laughs> we have networks all over the country. Um, but before we, we kind of go there and I don't want to take over. Will, did you have, I do have one more question, but Will, I'm, I I want to, let you my only uh only question was uh, just just for everybody to know uh, what what are some of the uh 
achievements over the years and then also I guess what are some of the goals moving forward with, that you're trying to accomplish with the organization? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a good one. Well, I, I, I think that the fact that we've um, created uh, some milestones within our organization, for me, Women Who Jam is a milestone. Um, the fact that we actually did a 12-city tour with limited resources, but it was effective and and, I, and we actually made money from it. Wow. Um, <laughs> those were, you know, milestones. It's, 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 it's been a lot because it's kind of hard for me to encapsulate in, mm -hmm. in say like one or two things that we've done. Um, I think if it's one thing that uh, I would say that's pretty apparent for me right now is so many media outlets and people um, that uh, contact me. I mean, this just was just yesterday uh, because we are a female-based organization and because uh, every, I would say 99% of uh, the individuals that are involved in our, in our organization are women and they are women in music and entertainment and in some aspect, they always want me to say something uh, negative or want me to say something they want me to talk about the R. Kelly situation, they want mm -hmm. me to talk about it. and it's I just refuse to do it. And mm -hmm. it's you know, and and I'm I'm gonna call that my milestone, my personal milestone, because I refuse for whatever anybody has done. And that's anybody. It's not just any one particular individual. Yeah. Uh, as anybody, if they've done horrific things, and they should uh, atone or pay for those horrific things. But I'm not going to use NAPFAM and our organization to be a voice to bring somebody else's down. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to use our organization. To we're not going to try to be successful on your pain. Right. That, I, 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 I cannot yeah. do that. So, yeah. it, and it's happening like to me almost daily. Uh, mm. Listen, we found your organization, yes, and they found our organization, <laughs> and we'd like to talk to you about no, because you're not going to print <laughs> what I'm going to say. Right. So, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Well, the only last thing that I was going to ask, and, and, you know, obviously in terms of the music side of mm -hmm. things, um, the industry has changed a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so um, labels, you know, all of that is just a very different space now. And so I don't know. Do you do you feel because things are different and it's now more of a streaming, you know, I would say the bigger institutes now are your streaming platforms. So, right. you know, um, are you are you thinking that the but the latter is still the same for people? You know, because I I wonder I feel like now when I meet different, um, particularly women and particularly women of color, um, whether that be black or Latino or so forth, I have so many more women who are saying, I'm trying to start my own thing. You know, I'm trying to be my own boss. You have so many more independent artists. The majority of the people that listen to this podcast are artists who aren't necessarily, or people who, even if they're not artists, they're, they're not necessarily trying to get tied into um, that more corporate world. They're wanting to go the entrepreneur lane. What are your thoughts about that? And what advice... Um, you know, is it the same? Is it the same tools or are we in a different time? So we got to we got to think completely different. What where are we at? Well, I, I definitely think we have to think different. Things are different. And I would say to anybody, whether they are an artist or maybe they have a their entrepreneurship is leading them to do something that is related to what an artist might do. Listen, this is 2019 or 2020. Collaboration is the new financial key. 
uh, mm. because a lot of these things that we're trying to do, you may not be an expert at it, but somebody else over here is. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to do business with um, your sister or your partners or your whomever. Uh, while you're over there rowing the boat by yourself, there's <laughs> a good chance you're probably mm -hmm. going to sink because you over yeah. there because I'm doing my own thing, man. I'm doing my own thing, but you don't have all the tools or the knowledge or the wherewithal to do your own thing by yourself. So yeah. I, I always say collaboration is the new financial key. If mm. we can come together and work together, we can improve each other's business. I'm not trying to do what you're doing and you're not trying to do what I'm doing, but together we can mm -hmm. do something very powerful. And I think that if people would accept that or start doing that more, uh, we would see some change. Now, as it relates to the music business, I always like to say, you know, the music business, uh, it's in a whole different place now than, than <laughs> when it was, say, when I was running things. And, 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 and to any artist, honey, the past is not coming back. Ain't nobody going to discover you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ain't nobody sitting in the club watching you sing, <laughs> waiting to sign you to the big deal. Oh, thank you. Say <laughs> that, please. Oh my that's God. not happening. That shit so is it, That is gone. And it's not coming back. Okay. The cool guy over in the corner watching you. That's not happening, all right? Record labels aren't even functioning like that. And and artists have to think in terms of like the internet and, you know, social networking are almost like the avenues for, say, where the, where you gonna, where the next Whitney might be birthed, if you will, because that's pretty much where you're going to find her. And as an artist, you got to understand you're everything. And, and your list, your list, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. your new religion baby because <laughs> mm -hmm. you if you don't have a mailing list where you can connect and talk to the, your fans or the people that like your music and don't know who likes you and where they are and where they like to spend their time and where they go oh you are lost but it's mm. like your list you need a venue list because i asked some people play at the same place they never venture out because they they get in one place they're happy there if, if they get a couple of people come in and hear them sing or whatever and that's where they are you need a venue list so you can spread your you got to spread your word or spread your own gospel you need a a, a, a event or booking managers list because mm. it's got to be who do who do i call and lord for mercy this was like uh <laughs> this is like the bible at def jam you need a dj list these uh, and, and DJs are in clubs. They're on internet radio stations. I'm not just talking about the DJ that you listen to on W whatever. These guys are everywhere. They're playing uh, corporate functions. They're playing uh, social events. They're they're in clubs. They're everywhere. And like I said, they're internet radios. And if you go on the internet now, DJs now doing their mixes on the five o'clock mix on on www.com something dj mm -hmm. whatever so you gotta have a strong dj list and i would say to any artist you need a publicist you may not have a story you may not but a publicist can help you to create one and yeah. when it's time for you to hit those media hit those spots you've already started to put the ingredients in for your story so that you can do that you are newsworthy so to speak so you just got to understand that nobody is sitting at home waiting on you to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> so, they just not. So you tell, have to create, tell you got to create that path yourself. Yeah. And if I think yeah. that if you understand that the list 
that you have is your lifeblood and it's your way of interacting with the people that like you, that like your music, want to be a part of you, want to take you home with them. You understand that that is your new religion and it's in your pocket or in your, on your phone, wherever you keep it at all yeah. times. Because yeah. that's how you're going to live by that. The, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a key. Your list is key, but your list, it should be broken up in segments. Like I said, you got to know venues. You got to know people that book at these venues. You got to know DJs. You got to know those internet radio stations, college radio stations, low power FMs that's hungry for content. And you, and there you are, got your music. You, you sitting over there with your song and mad because a big station like say WGCI won't play it or WKYS in DC won't play it or Hot 97 in New York won't play it. They, They don't have no reason to play it. Right. So you have to create that reason and having a targeted list is really like a key place to start. And and you hit on it earlier, um, Kenya, about artists that don't know who they are. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's hard. It's hard. But you can, if, if an artist, if you go to a show and an artist is performing and it's the music is kind of like the style that you like, you can start to adapt. I didn't say copy out the person, but you can start to adapt and build your persona based on what that person is doing because that is what you like. That is who you want to be. And you can develop your own space around that. Again, I didn't say copy them now. I'm saying Mm -hmm. study them, study Study. them, learn from them and develop who you are, your particular style and your particular delivery. And that person is kind of like, um, mentor so to speak um from afar right. <laughs> yeah yeah that's, right. that's and you awesome. can learn like that yeah yeah you you brought in a whole bunch of good nuggets that you know stuff that i, I tell my class and i have projects geared towards that but you uh are i'm, I'm gonna be pointing them to this episode <laughs> so they can hear it <laughs> from somebody else and uh yeah that's that's some key stuff right there we're we're at our time right now i think uh yeah. we're actually over hopefully uh we We'll be able to we'll make it, keeps it through. Us. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, well, what I'm going to yeah. do, I'm going to include the, the the link for NABFIM so people can go on the website and, and join and learn and see the different networks in the country. Um, and, you know, definitely follow. I'll put um, Johnny's great on social media. So I'll make sure we put your social media hashtag or not hash. Well, the hashtag says we have a new hashtag uh, that we're trying to promote, but also your handles so that people can follow you network mentor from afar all of those things um i just just really really wonderful conversation thank you so much yeah i'll be pointing my my students to you all as well so yeah yeah that was an absolute pleasure anytime oh thank you this is awesome all right i know we gotta jump off yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all we'll 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 catch y'all next week and uh yeah we're we're having some good ones here thank you all for listening yep take care bye Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Please leave us a comment on our page. If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, 
you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.